0: And and we're in new chapter, same hope. We're in a chapter of our lives. We often talk about chapters of our lives, and um, and I just I've thought about the idea of chapters in our lives. And we are living in a new chapter. I don't know how long that chapter would go back or what the dates are of it, but there's no question that we're in a chapter of our lives. And as I look back through scripture, there are different chapters that we see. But one thing I want us to understand today is while we're in a new chapter, sometimes if we get too focused on the chapter, we think that's the story. But our chapter that we're living in is a part of the bigger story of God and God's creation and God's people. And, and so today, as we walk through this new chapter, well, we need to get the perspective of the whole story. And so I just thought it would be fun. I, I want you to. Participate a little bit here Um, if you're online. I'd love for you to type in your answers to these question to this question But here's my question this chapter that we're living in right now If and define it however you want the chapter that we're living in How would you describe it? All right, just yell it out. It's good Confusing okay What else? chaos We're two for two. First service said the same two things. What else we got? How would you describe this chapter that we're living in? Disappointing? Okay. All right. Did I hear uncertainty? Okay. Okay. I'm hearing a lot now. I'm sorry. Unsettling? Okay, so so that's how we're describing this chapter, but but as… And as we're walking through this chapter, I mean, there's no question, there's a lot going on in the world around us. Last week, we talked about the fact that there are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of man, and there's the kingdom of God. And so, as we talk about new chapter, same hope, I want us to understand through the course of this series that while we're walking through a chapter that's confusing and unsettling and and difficult and chaotic, this is a part of a much bigger story, and we serve a God of hope. A God of hope that was at work chapters and chapters. If you look at this, as a, if you look at all of history as a book, chapters and chapters ago, the God of hope was at work, and today, a God of hope is still at work. And so while we describe this time as a lot of different things, and I think the overwhelming feeling is that, that it's a chaotic, difficult time, I want us to see God's Word And I want us to feel God's word today. And more than that, I want us to experience the Almighty God. We're going to talk today about Isaiah 6. And one of my struggles is, as a pastor, I try my very best not to repeat passages. I, try, I want to preach new passages. I don't want to preach the same ones. And one of my struggles with, with this series is when I was studying, I was drawn to Isaiah 6. And I, I just thought, man, I can't preach that again. We just preached that a year ago in our worship series. But man, it's good for us to look at Isaiah 6 today. I don't care if I preached it last week I believe God wants to say something to us today and I believe that God has something for us in this confusing difficult chapter. And so we've got the kingdom of God and or the kingdom of man and we've got the kingdom of God. And last week we talked about the fact that we need to put our hope, we need to put our trust, we need to put our faith in the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of man. And so today I want to look a little bit more at what it looks like, what what it's going to mean for you to put your hope, to put your trust in the kingdom of God. So, I'm going to start with a really simple, I mean, this is just a simple, like, Captain Obvious moment, okay? What do all kingdoms have in common? Kings, yes. So, all kingdoms have kings. And so, if we're talking about the kingdom of man or the kingdom of this world, there are kings that we would follow or that you would follow if you were following the kingdom of this earth. That could be in in America, we we would call those presidents. We would call those our elected officials. Maybe that's our leadership at work. Uh, There are people that are in the positions of authority, the kings in our earthly culture. And if we're gonna follow the, the kingdom of earth, the kingdom of man, then that means we're putting our trust and we're putting our hope in those people in their their ideologies and their stances and their ability to help us live the life that we're supposed to live. But there's a kingdom of God, and it's no different. The kingdom of man has kings, presidents, leaders, whatever you wanna call it, but the kingdom of God has a king. And so if we're gonna put our faith and put our trust and put our hope into the kingdom of God, we need to know and we need to follow the king of that kingdom. So today I want us to look at what does it look like for us to put our hope and our trust and our faith in the kingdom of God, and it starts with encountering the King, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so we're going to look at Isaiah 6, and in Isaiah 6, Isaiah, it it starts with the words in the year King Uzziah died. And so, earthly King Uzziah, in the year that King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord. So let's talk about what it means in the year that King Uzziah died, because that's not an insignificant statement. See, in Isaiah's day, there was King Uzziah. And King Uzziah was a good king for the people. He was a a faithful guy. He ruled for 52 years. We've got earthly kingdom. We've got God's kingdom. And King Uzziah was the earthly king— of Isaiah's people for 52 years. Now, we have presidents for four years, sometimes eight years. We have leaders for different amounts of time, but can you imagine having a king for 52 years that was faithful and loved and good, and he he was a good king. Unfortunately, in his last days, King Uzziah messed up big time. And, And he went against God's will and, and he turned away from God, and he ended up dying tragically. And so when, when we read in verse one, in the year that King Uzziah died, think about everything that comes with that. The earthly king that Isaiah and his people have followed, and he's been good. We get attached to our earthly leaders, right? We, we like some leaders, maybe we don't like others, but 52 years, King Uzziah was faithful and good. And all of a sudden, it all fell apart and he died tragically. And so in the year that King Uzziah died, this next part's really good. I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on the throne. This is, this is huge. In the year that King Uzziah, the earthly kingdom, 52 years, faithful, loved by the people, and then a tragic ending. When the year that the earthly king passes away, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord. High and exalted, seated on a throne, the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory." At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. So see what's happening here. In the year that King Uzziah died, a confusing, unsettling, difficult year for Isaiah, the earthly king who had been faithful for 52 years went astray. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, seated on, I feel like I always do the good things on this side, it's nothing, nothing against you guys over there, you guys are all right. But Isaiah says, I saw the Lord, and I want you to understand the significance of that because earthly kings come and go. They could be good, they could be bad, they could be faithful, they can do the right things. But there's a king that rules now and forever. And Isaiah sees the one true king, the king of the kingdom of God, seated on the throne, high and exalted, lifted up. And we see this picture of just this, this glorious picture. I want you to picture this. It says, I saw, the, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of His robe filled the temple. Above Him were seraphim, the word seraphim is, means burning ones, they are, these angelic creatures are literally on fire with the glory of God and they're flying around and they're singing to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth, listen to that, the whole earth, earthly kingdom, earthly kings that pass away and are temporary, the whole earth is full of His glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorpost shook, the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. And so, here we are in a moment where Isaiah is struggling and confused, and Isaiah sees Jesus, the King of kings, the one who is above all others. I got some good news for you today even though we live in a confusing time, even though there's a lot of stuff going on in our earthly kingdom that's troubling and confusing, and we don't know what the future holds, and we don't know who's gonna be in in leadership in the future, and we don't know what that's gonna look like, I've got really good news for you. Jesus, today, right now, is seated high on the throne, high and exalted above all others. And right now, while we're sitting here, there are seraphim, burning ones, on fire with God's glory, flying around singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. When we see earthly kingdoms that are temporary, God's glory is filling this earth. And the one true king, Jesus Christ, is seated on the throne And so as we talk about this new chapter, this this chapter we're living in, I want us to understand that Jesus is our king. No matter who sits on the earthly throne, no matter what they do, no matter if there's tragic endings or good ruling, Jesus sits on the throne. And the glory of God fills this whole earth. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. You know what we need today more than anything else? More than to hear the music we want to hear and more than to see some good friends and more than anything else. Do you know what you and I need today? We need to see Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We need to be at the feet of Jesus and we need to experience His glory. We need Jesus... The Holy Spirit to be poured out on us. And the good news is, Jesus is on the throne. You know, I I don't know how you would react if you encountered an earthly king. I don't know how I would react if I I met the president. I'd probably think, wow, this is really cool, I'm meeting the president. Probably the… I've told this before, let's have some fun. My favorite… One of my favorite people in the world is Shaquille O'Neal, great basketball player. He's probably the person I wanna meet most that's walking around the earth. And, and I'm just thinking, if I met Shaquille O'Neal, what would my reaction be? How would I react? And, and my thought is like, I would probably walk up and I'd probably think, man, he's really big. He's bigger than he looks on TV. And I would probably be really excited to see Shaquille O'Neal or the president or whoever that earthly king is. But you know what? They're just people. They're temporary. (laughs) They're not the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Look at Isaiah's reply, verse 5. He says, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Man, I don't know how you would react to seeing earthly kings, but I can tell you I probably wouldn't fall on my knees and feel like I was totally broken and worthless. But Isaiah, when he encounters the holy God, Jesus, the king of kings, he can't help but fall on his knees and cry out, woe is me, woe to me. From a man of unclean lips, living among a people of unclean lips, when Isaiah encounters God, his first realization is his sinfulness, his own sinfulness, his own unworthiness. I want you to hear that today. Listen, we need more than anything else today, we need to experience the glory of the Almighty God. We need to stand at the throne of Jesus. And if we experience the almighty, the glory of God, I don't think our response is just going to be, wow, that's cool. Oh, what a good day. I think we will fall on our knees and we will experience the glory of God and we will be brought to our knees and we'll say, woe is me. We, I'm a man of unclean lips living among a people of unclean lips. Now, I want to talk about that for a second. Isaiah, Isaiah who is the prophet of God. Isaiah, whose name means God is salvation. We're not talking about the scum of the earth here. We're not talking about the worst of the worst. We're talking about Isaiah, a guy who's named God is salvation. And he, when he comes into the presence of God, falls on his knees and says, woe to me, I am unworthy, I am sinful. Listen to me clearly. Way too often in the church, Way too often as Christians, we say things like this, and and I have said things like this. Woe to me, for I live among a people of unclean lips. Woe to me, because I live among a people of unclean lips. We are really good at this because sometimes we feel like we're okay. We feel like, hey, compared to the world around us, we're doing pretty well. And so, when we don't experience the holiness and the glory of God, we tend to sit back and we think, woe is me, because I have to live among all of these broken people. But when Isaiah, God is salvation, when Isaiah, a man of God, comes in the presence of Jesus Christ, his King, he falls on his knees and he says, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. Do you hear the difference there? When he encounters the holy, almighty God, he immediately sees his unworthiness, his brokenness. And he doesn't just talk about the world around him, he doesn't sit back and say, hey, I'm doing okay. He says, compared to the holy God, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips, among a people of unclean lips. Listen, if I were to ask you this morning, we talked about the trouble, we talked about the chaos, we talked about unsettling, and first service there was the comment that hateful would describe this chapter we're in. We use a lot of words to describe the brokenness and the chaos around us, right? I want you to just take a second and think of, think of the words that would describe the brokenness and the pain and the chaos that's all around us. And it's easy for us in the church, if we're judging by what's happening out there, if we're judging by what we see online or we see on the news, it's easy for us to start thinking, hey, I'm all right, I'm doing fine. But when Isaiah comes in the presence of the Almighty God, the Holy God, see, holy is not just without sin, holy is that God is holy other, God is above all. There is none other like him. Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is above all, he's over all, through all, in all. Jesus is different. And when Isaiah comes into his presence, he quickly realizes, oh man, I'm unworthy. I don't belong here. I am undone, is what he says. And so sometimes we think we can come into church and we can hear preaching and we can sing music and we, can, we walk home and we never experience the holiness and the glory of God. And we start to think, woe is me, because i got to be around those broken people. But today, if we're going to fall at the feet of Jesus, we're going to need to acknowledge our own brokenness. And and I would just guess, you know, we list those things that make the world around us broken. We list those things that make it sinful. and, And we list those and we think, hey, I'm doing pretty good. But if we're being honest, there's things in our own life that are not holy, that are not right. There are thoughts, there are actions, there are things that we do that are not Holy. And when we come in the presence of the Almighty God today, oh man, we've got to acknowledge that. We can't lament the sin of the world around us without first repenting of the sin inside of us. Listen to me. I'm guilty. And I don't want to sit in a church and I don't want to think I'm okay and look at the world and say, at least I'm better than them. I want to be in the presence of the Almighty God and I want to know my unworthiness and my brokenness. Let's see what Scripture says about us, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Listen to the word there. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Not most, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 1 John 1, verses 8 through 10, says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. Listen, if we're sitting here today as followers of Christ thinking, I'm okay, I'm not sinful, it's everyone else, we're living a lie. And if we're going to come in the presence of an almighty God today, We're going to realize our own brokenness, our own sinfulness. And like Isaiah, I think we'll cry out, woe is me, because I'm a man of unclean lips living among a people of unclean lips. So how do we put our trust and our faith in God's kingdom? How do we, in this new chapter, make sure that we're living for the King of kings and the Lord of lords? We've got to encounter the Almighty God. We've got to see Jesus in all of His holiness, and we've got to confess our own unworthiness, our own sinfulness, our own unworthiness. But, but I love what happens here. See, in verse 6, Isaiah has cried out. He says, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips among a people of unclean lips. And it says, then one of the seraphim, the burning ones, flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And with it, he touched my mouth. Listen to that. Isaiah says, I'm a man of unclean lips, living among a people of unclean lips. And all of a sudden, when he repents and confesses his sinfulness and his unworthiness, what happens? A seraphim takes a coal from the altar and he comes and he touches it to his lips. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. As long as we're sitting here feeling like we're okay, feeling like it's everybody else's fault, we won't be worthy. But if we will come before an almighty, holy God and recognize our brokenness and our sinfulness and cry out to God, God, save me, forgive me, cleanse me, the coal comes and he touches our lips and he says, your guilt is taken away, your sin is atoned for. Oh man, today we need an encounter with the Holy God more than anything else, more than our favorite football team to win, more than hearing good music, more than seeing people, more than, more than anything. We need to encounter the holiness of God Almighty. We need to sit at the throne of Jesus and we need to understand our unworthiness and our brokenness and we need to cry out. And we need to repent of our sins. And if we'll do that, Jesus will cleanse us. And I love this part, verse 8. It says, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. So Isaiah comes before an almighty holy God, he realizes his unworthiness and his brokenness and he cries out, I'm undone, I'm unworthy, and then Jesus heals him and Jesus says, who's going to go? And Isaiah doesn't say, hey, hold on, let me, let me think about it, let me check my calendar, Let me weigh my options. Here's the thing. When you encounter the holiness of God, when you're in the presence of Jesus and Jesus cleanses you and you repent and he cleanses you of your sin, there is no choice but to go and to follow and to do whatever it is that God wants to do in you and through you. Isaiah goes from woe is me to please send me. From woe is me to please send me. It's incredible. It's where I want to be today. I don't know why you came to church. But I want to tell you that today we are in the presence of an almighty God. And today the good news is, we don't have to have some crazy thing. We don't have to be teleported somewhere. The Holy Spirit of God is at work in us and is with us today. And we are in the presence of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, and the Holy Spirit is here. And we just need to be at His feet. And we need to repent. And we need to be cleansed. And we need to be sent. And so the worship team's gonna come up And I want to invite you today to the feet of Jesus. See, when we encounter Jesus, we become aware of our unworthiness. We confess our unworthiness. We are cleansed, and then we are commissioned. And so today, I don't know what else is on your mind, but clear it, because right now, I want to invite you to the feet of Jesus. And we're going to sing a song called the Revelation Song. And in that song, we sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Right now, today, we have the opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus and to sing His praises just like the angels are. And we have the, uh, the opportunity to be cleansed, to be made whole. So I want to invite you not to just sit there I want to invite you not just to sing, I want to invite you to encounter the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and I want to invite you to stand before, to kneel before, to fall before the King of Kings, to confess your unworthiness, and to be cleansed today. Please, don't miss this opportunity to see Jesus. And so as we sing this song, we're going to praise Jesus with everything we have. We're going to praise the Lord together. And I want to invite you to do that however you feel comfortable. You can kneel. You can stand. You can shout. You can raise your hands. But don't just go through the motions. Come to the feet of the Almighty Holy God. And then if, if you don't have communion, make sure you go back and grab some communion because we're gonna sing a second song and that song is all about surrender. And so as we praise the almighty holy God, as we come to Jesus' feet, I want you to be fully aware of your unworthiness. I want you to repent of your brokenness. I want you to think of the things this week that you thought or did or even just think about the holiness of God and how far we are from it, and I want you to repent, I want you to call out, and then we're gonna see the grace of God move through the body and the blood of Christ. Jesus, we love you today thank you for each person that's gathered here and we don't gather here for any reason other than to see you and to be changed by you and so Jesus I pray that we would be at your feet right now and that we would cry out and we would worship you and I pray that we would see you on the throne in a day that's confusing and our earthly kingdoms are messed up and chaotic I pray Lord today that right now as we worship you we would know that your glory is all through the earth and your spirit is here. And I pray, Jesus, that we would encounter your holiness. We worship you, we love you, work in our hearts right now